Please make some noise for Timbo. Ah. What's up, Tim? The crowd goes wild. What's up? Good morning. How are you, Fresh? I'm happy to see you, always. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be here. Why is there power in raising expectations? Let me just say this. Expectations matter. Yeah. On a big, big time level. You know, re- last week or week before last, I drove into a petrol station mm. on my bike. And the what, guys what, at the petrol what, station. What bike? Is in your moped? Yeah. Your the, the, yeah. Okay. So so the guys the guys normally when I drive in on my car, they jumping up, come, 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 over here, here, they fighting for me. Yes. When I drive on the bike, they don't even move. They just kind we, of like We told you to get a real bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the expectations are so low. Yes. With the bike. They don't even expect me to tip. Oh yes. And I'm and I'm a big tipper, right? So mm. I enjoy good service and I yes. reward you. Yes. And so I had this conversation with them and they were like, they were just being honest. It's like people on bikes don't tip. Wow. So the expectations have been reduced. Mm. So I want to talk about the importance of it and the science of expectations because okay. this is critical. You know about the placebo effect, right? Yes. The placebo effect is that in the medical industry, they give you a fake pill. If they give you a fake pill, the endorphins can be released and you can actually kind of heal your own pain. Yes. Reduce the actual pain, right? Mm-hmm. So your expectations of the pill, even though it's fake, can actually numb the pain. Meaning the placebo does work then? Yes, it actually does actually work. Yes. But then there's also the nocebo effect, okay. which is that if you expect something bad to happen, something bad can happen. Ah. Now, I want to talk about the patterns of low expectations. Mm. I believe that slavery, apartheid, colonialism reduced our expectations with each other. So much so, it's even gotten into our language. Mm. Have you ever noticed that people, when they ask to borrow money even, as, as we are people of color, they go, you don't have 20 rand, do you? Mm. We've already said, I know you don't have it. Yeah, You don't have it, do you? Think about it. Our expectations have been reduced so low mm. that even in our question. I want to suggest to the people, I want to suggest this morning that it's possible that your expectations and your subconscious level are so low, that's part of the reason why you're failing. That you look in the mirror in the morning and you don't even realize that you actually don't expect much from yourself. Mm. Let me show you how deep it can get. Yeah. Let's go on a trip real quick. Mm. Fresh, imagine that you're hosting a party in the middle of the bush. Okay. It's four o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden power goes out mm. and everybody has to leave now. Mm. The alarms go off. And everybody gets in their cars. Everybody's batteries have died on their phones. And now all of a sudden, people get someone gets lost. They get turned the wrong way, mm. and they have no idea where they are. Mm. They look up at a traffic light or a robot, and they look to the left. They see nothing. It's pitch black. It's dark outside. And then they look to their right. Somebody comes running out the bush mm. towards their car. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to take off. They're going to take off. Yeah. But as I was telling you that story, you had an expectation of who came running out the bush. Mm-hmm. You did not imagine a blonde woman. Mm-hmm. You did not imagine a guy named Raj. You imagine another black person. Mm-hmm. Our expectations of crime is even linked to our own skin identity. Mm-hmm. Now, I want, this is, I want to stress this. Like this if you were to see uh, a white guy with that Tzotzi walk, chances are you would not run away from him. Exactly. You know that walk with your hands behind your back? yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, would you run across the road if you saw a white girl no, walking w- no. with their walk? No. Exactly. I rest the, the, my case. Yeah, no, I mean, that Totsi walk is hilarious, though. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you threw off my whole point. <laughs> sorry, sorry, carry on. I digress. I digress. I apologize. But, but this is the point that the expectations are, the, our expectations of ourselves is even criminal. Mm. Our expectations have been reduced because of trauma, pain, disappointment. Even in our relationships, you expect your partner to cheat. Mm. You expect pain. You expect disaster. You expect people to not even pay you. Isn't it a defense mechanism, though, to sometimes expect little so that you're less likely to be disappointed yeah, I get, when you yeah, get I, little? No, I get that. Even, yes. but, but I want to talk about just how deep it is in yes, our culture. Yes. We expect people to be so late that we've even we changed the time at the actual uh, wedding. Yes. We, we lie to people. Mm. That's how bad. So the patterns of expectations should start to change today. And here's why. Let me tell you this. Mm. I am so serious about this that the patterns of our expectations have produced in us a lack of innovation. We don't even expect to grow. Mm. We don't expect to do anything. So here's how we're going to do it. I want people this week to lift your expectations by changing the labels. Okay. Okay. So label people differently. Instead of expecting useless, label them useful. Okay. Label them valuable. Mm. Label them innovative. And then expect innovation expect value from them. Now, what's going to happen is, yeah, you're going to get disappointed. Yeah. But if you change the pattern over time, enough change will start to happen that you'll see a fundamental difference in your own life and the people around you. I do it all the time. When I know people are useless, I start to label them different. Like if you label a kid smart mm-hmm. versus slow, mm-hmm. studies show that this kid's performance will fundamentally change at school. Mm-hmm. They've, they've separated two sides of the class before, and they told one side that you are slow and the other side that you are smarter. Yes. And meanwhile, it was the opposite, but everything changed. Your expectations of how you taste wine can release different chemicals and make you, even though it's a cheap wine, make you taste it differently. So this week, everyone around you, but start with yourself. Mm-hmm. Change how you see yourself. Sure. Change what you expect from yourself. And challenge yourself because maybe on a subconscious level, you just don't expect much. Ladies and gentlemen, timothymaurice.com for bookings. Welcome to the Monday edition of Hashtag What Are You Packing? Our guest is in the building. In fact, she's so tall, she's on three floors (laughs) of this building. Kitty Petra is a dancer, model, and radio personality. She was born and raised in Alex, Jersey. Kitty started her training during her time at primary school thanks to Martin Schonberg, Schonberg, Schonberg of the Ballet Theatre African fame who picked her from a crowd of 60 hopeful children at Orange Grove Primary School. She matriculated at the National School of the Arts in 2001. In 2002, she became part of the Mzansi production, now the Jersey Ballet, where she's a principal dancer and choreographer. In 2012, she took and Anna Pavlova's famous solo in The Dying Swan. Her excellent take on the role saw her dance in Amsterdam, where she performed for President Nelson Mandela and the Dutch royal family. And so it goes and goes and goes. But all we know is the reason she's here today is because she's a family member. You can uh, catch her on Radio 2000's weekend show, Overnight with Kitty, from midnight until 3 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. Morning, Kitty. Morning, how are you? Minus your one foot long heels. <laughs> How tall are you? I'm one eight on the dot. One eight on the dot. Yeah. And then you put on the heels and you're one, you're one six now. No, I'm not one six. You're, yeah, you're about <laughs> one eight six. Uh, uh, no, I wouldn't say. I would say maybe one eight two ish. Yeah. You know, but it's not that fast. 
<laughs> what have been the advantages and disadvantages of being a very tall woman in uh, your day-to-day li- uh, living? You know, quite frankly, I was always a short person. Um, you know, I was... Because we, I used to dance with um, quite a quite a quite a lot of dancers that were very short. So I was under the category of short dancers. Are you for real? I'm being dead serious, wow. and nobody and nobody believes when I say this. So Martin can attest to it. Yes. But uh, I was very very short. Um, for, actually, for instance, I used to go into exams with Lona Masego, ballet mm. exams. So mm. that's how short she. That's how short I was. Yes. But then I had two growth spurts. Uh, I had one in um, in set eight. Uh, see, that's how that's how old I am. And then I had one in matric as wow. well. So, and it's very very difficult to kind of find your bearings when you're having growth spurts and doing ballet at the same time. Mm. Uh, but um, being a tall dancer later in you know in my career, uh, it wasn't. I would say only now I'm finding it a stigma. Yes. You know, um, you know, you're too tall for this. Uh, we can't find a boy for you to dance with. Um, you're too this. You're too that. You know what I mean? So only now I'm finding it a bit of a struggle. Um, mm. Only now I'm realizing, oh my gosh, my height is can be a bit of a, an issue in in certain roles mm. or in mm. certain uh, things that I have to do at the ballet company. But um, you know, it's never really been a thing for me. Yeah. It's one of those do what you can with your height. Sure. You know. So yeah. Fresh ask, I'm going to ask the same question, but uh, first ask, what, what are the disadvantages uh, of being a tall dancer? What are the disadvantages of being a black ballerina? Um, for me as a child, it never, it never was a disadvantage because, you know, I was always very guarded by, um, by my founder, the person who discovered me. And mm. um, it was always about, you know, getting the work done. Um, I think later in life, that's when it became a stigma. Oh, my gosh, I'm doing something that is um, very much of a westernized culture. And for me, I'm trying to do away with that. I'll, you I'll, know? Tell, sorry, I'll tell you why. I'm, maybe I should be specific. Also physically, because there's there's standards mm. and rules, but they mm. seem to be in favor of a certain group. Mm. For instance, the the bum. Mm. For instance, um, and I've got one. There's an issue with <laughs> girls and hips, black girls, yeah, having bums and 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 hips, and with tutus and stuff like that. What what what, what are those? Um, funny you speak about that now for me right now it's an issue um for instance um you know if you're going to be a ballet dancer you have to look a certain way Mm. and it it comes with any career space that you're in Mm. you know um if you want to be a lawyer you have to have certain qualifications it's part of that Mm. you know so um you have to look a certain way and at the moment i'm do you have to though do you think that's fair or have we just accepted you have to uh, do you think that's fair though um you know what um i can't say it's uh, um it's not fair. If you choose a certain career, you have to meet the demands. You know what I mean? Um, for instance, right now, I'm having struggles with weight, mm. you know, because um, I don't look right in certain costumes. So for them, you know, they have to re- really be very careful as to what they put me in on mm. stage. You know, for me right now, it's a huge struggle. My weight is a very, very huge struggle. But, um, you know, you could say it's unfair, but it is what it is because boys have to lift you. Um, you have to wear tutus. And also, you must remember when you're on stage mm. um, you put on um, another two and a half kilos mm. you know you're not as small as you look in person than you look on stage you know so those those are the other things that you 
uh, uh, have to be very careful of. It's like when you're on TV, mm. you don't look the size that you are. Everybody mm. else looks um, a little bit bigger than what they are in real life. So yeah, it's a huge struggle for me personally. Um, you know, um, I, d- I don't want to say it's a black thing or a white thing. You know, it's a bum thing. It's a bum thing. Yes, honestly, Anna. it is. It's a uh, thank you. It's a bum <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty nine minutes after six, we're hanging out with Radio Two Thousands Kitty Petra. If you have any questions, any comments, maybe you listen to her and uh, she keeps you going from midnight until three a.m. Doing whatever you do between midnight and three a.m. We'd love to hear from you. WhatsApp zero eight one five double seven double three double three. Love this kid's work. Anati on Metro FM. Ntroni, six thirty eight. She's a ballerina. She also does Radio Two Thousand on weekends. We're hanging out with Kitty Petra. It is Petra, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how many people add an H in Petra? It. Yeah, no, listen, uh, it's it's been, sure, my surname has been said in so many different ways. Fetla, Patla, <laughs> it really has been. And it's such a short surname. Yes. Yeah. A girl from Alex. Tell us about growing up in Alex. Growing up in Alex? Yes. Um, you know what, I... I managed to spend as much time as I could in the streets because yes. I mean I started ballet when I was nine. Sure. You know, so but I was very much of a tomboy, so mm. you can imagine the things that I got up to. And I grew up with two boys. Yes, yes. You know, so anything, especially my second eldest brother, anything mm. he did, I would do cricket, marbles, uh, uh, spinning tops. You know, um, yeah, I'd fit in gush and right uh, sometimes the ghetto. You know, yes, but it yes. was more like you know boy stuff. Um, you know. Um, I don't know that you know uh, you know that caddy and you like you shoot birds and stuff. Going like hunting that. for birds and 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 and, and other stuff. <laughs> and putting it on a like making it a Spitfire. Were you were you good with the with the catapult with the caddy? Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah. Because we used to put a, we used to you know we used to make a Spitfire. Yes. Uh, or like a Spitfire. Yeah, a, yeah, a Spitfire with the with the bird. Also, oh, you even yeah, and the red clover and you know and eat it afterwards. As a form of celebration. Jeez, like a girl after my, my own heart. <laughs> because there are people who used to watch us hunt, but they were never part of no, 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 the no, reward was, after that. No, I could never get left behind. I did everything my brothers did. Yes. Yes. So you'd also maybe steal a small one in a pot you know? that you're going to use exactly. after hunting. Yes. Love and it. the thing that I, the only thing I couldn't do was uh, build a, a wired car, you know, mm. with wires. You know, that's the one thing I couldn't build. Okay, then you can't stay anymore. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were like the perfect girl. So much for that. How has ballet changed your life? If at all, um, ballet has made me a lady. Mm. Ballet has made me very conscious of being a woman. Yes. Um, ballet has yeah, made because you guys have this walk, <laughs> like you're judging all of us. Like, why are you slouching? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't judge, you know, because I don't make it, I don't like to impose it on other people. It's just yes. like, yes, it's something that has organically happened that, mm. you know, your stature is of a certain way, yes. you know. But um, also, ballet has made me very conscious of how proud I am of being South African as mm. well. Mm. You know, um, it has given me so much information. It has um, made me so disciplined as well. Yeah. And also in that fact, it, it's helped me make decisions better. Yes. Outside of ballet. Okay. Um, and also ballet has also improved life. I don't know. It it has given me a different perspective on life on a daily basis from very young. Mm. You know, so it has really had many disadvantage uh, many advantages for me yeah. outside sure. of ballet itself, yeah. Earlier on you complained about the fact that um you you've put on weight <laughs> and that becomes a problem when you're on stage. Yeah. What do you eat? What do you have for breakfast every morning? Um, well, right now, I'm, I have to be very careful what I eat. I think you get to a certain age where you have to be very careful what you eat. Because before, I used to not really care. Mm. You know, I used to just eat whatever I wanted to eat. But sure. now I'm 35, you mm. know. Um, 
I have to be very, very careful of what I what I. So put what in. is for breakfast every morning? Um, sure. I eat a lot of fruits. Mm. Yeah. Um, sometimes I have. I'll I'll, I'll chuck in a salad uh, during lunchtime. I'll chuck in some rice cakes with a bit of cheese. Okay. Um, a lot of fruits though, and lot and lot of water. Yeah. Dinelle on Twitter says, with Kitty speaking about looking a certain way and being a certain weight. Links to what my friend Josie, who used to be a ballerina, said to me that a lot of ban- ballerinas around the world live on grapes and water, which is bizarre and unhealthy. How true is this? <laughs> you know, there's so many myths about ballet dancers and models, you know. I mean, the ballet dancers I work with are healthy girls. Yeah. You know, I, maybe there'll be one or two in, I don't know in a space of like, I don't know, 10 girls, maybe there'll be one that's probably got an issue or two, you know, but um, most of the girls that I know or a majority of the girls at the company are very healthy. Majority mm. of the of the guys are very healthy. In actual fact, the guys are the ones that are very conscious mm. of how they want to look like, how, yes. you know, on stage, they are very, very self-conscious about how they look like you know it's more in the guys than in the girls for sure. me especially what I've experienced you know but the girls that I work with are extremely healthy very very healthy with beautiful bodies yeah 642 yeah. we're talking hashtag what are you packing Radio 2000's ballerina Kitty Petler is in the building I've reliably learned that you have a terribly bad sweet tooth what do you binge on who told you that uh, I, I, I know people <laughs> Okay, um, I like chewy sweets. Yeah. I mean, there was a point I used to live on them, like breakfast, lunch, and I'm supper. told you can polish off a whole bag of sweets in a second. <laughs> um, I used to be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like I told you with my recent issues, um, I've had to refrain from doing something like that. So, yeah. Uh, but I must be honest, yeah, when I do my radio show, just to stay away, just to get a bit of a sugar rush, yes. maybe I'll have a small packet. I'm just being honest. <laughs> Small is relative when you're a girl that is 1.8 meters tall. 6.43. We're hanging out with Kitty Petla from um, Radio 2000. More from Kitty after this. Fresh beers with Samke Mthongo. It's 10 minutes after 7. We're hanging out with uh, Radio 2000's uh, Kitty Petla. And uh, we're wondering if she's smarter than a primary school kid. Oh. We're about to find out. You recently got an accolade. If I may call it that, from Standard Bank, what is it for? Um, we got um, awarded the Standard Bank Young Artist of the Year for 2019. So who's we? Um, there's Amy, uh, there's Gabrielle, there's uh, Mandlam Langeni. Yes. Um, there's also Megan Prince as well. Okay. So um, Amy is for... Um, for theatre, yeah, and uh, Mandam Langen is for jazz, mm-hmm. and uh, Megan is for music, um, and um, um, Gabrielle is for uh, visual arts. Sure, yeah. So, what does huge. the accolade mean? Sure, it means it means. Let me be honest with you. Yeah, being being awarded this award means that it's basically the Oscars of the arts. Yeah, ah. it's, that's basically it's, what it is. It's really huge. Uh, yeah. you are sharing that. Not category, but that type of award with the likes of Sisbongile Kumalo. Mm. She was awarded the then mm. during the yeah. the the Grahamstown festival. festival. Yeah, yes. festival. So it's mm. it's it's really they look at the best of the best that year. Okay. And on top of that is that you know you know let me ref- let me make reference with the Oscars because with the Oscars yes you know people 
votes people enter you know this is not like that mm. you know you have a panel of people uh, but for instance you have the likes of Ashraf who is the executive producer of um, the Standard Bank Young Artist mm. is that they watch you over a space of the rest of your life actually yeah. you know and what's amazing about this for me is that I'm 35 mm. and Standard Bank Young Artist is turning 35 as well yes. and 35 years is the cut of age oh flip yeah so mm. um so they look at your work over the years and what's amazing is that for me this has meant that someone's watching and someone's listening mm. you know so so you've been uh, doing ballet for almost 30 years and finally the accolade is here but it's not something that you know it's amazing i yeah. think what's so surreal about this yeah it's not something you actually think it's going to happen mm. you know because you think that you really you really be you really have to work towards being a master at what you do yes. at your craft mm. and this accolade is really something um, it's about people who actually respect who are champions of the arts because it's not only about dance it's about music it's about theater it's about you know if you're a playwright this is also an accolade for you you know um, this is about um, lacing a beautiful fabric for um, South African art mm. you know there's so, hope for us my friend <clears throat> yeah absolutely for me and you absolutely no you can have the award as well yes let's be patient I'm, I'm, I'm fine with my Duku Duku award <laughs> my Duku Duku <laughs> 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 I, I got a Selma Tunzi Tugu Tugu Award in 2004. <laughs> so it's fine. Thanks, Standard Bank. Copyright <laughs> No, mine was at uh, Kayalami. Wow. Uh, yes. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, tugu Tugu, guys. Yeah, what did you <laughs> no, it's fine. Stand back. You don't need to uh, award DJs. Tugu Tugu did that. Thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> Where are you dancing? Can we watch you on stage anyway, anytime soon? Yes, um, we're actually busy with Joe Ballet. Um, uh, yeah, because earlier, you know, we uh, when you were introducing me into yes. the show, um, I, I met Joe Ballet, senior soloist at Joe Ballet, and we are busy with Cinderella at the moment. Nice. And we're going to be performing it at the Monte Cassino Triato. Um, mm. So that's going to be happening in the space of the holidays. So uh, last performance, it ends on the 23rd. Mm. So that's what we're busy working on now. Um, I'm doing the devil stepmom okay. <laughs> so that's uh, well that's the uh, soloist role that's also part of um, the whole production yes. um, so the important roles is either you are uh, Cinderella or the mice or yes. um, or the stepmom or the ugly mm. sisters so yes. yeah so it's going to be interesting it's quite comical mm. it's very very comical because the step uh, the stepsisters are always performed by men ah. always it's yes. never done by women yes. so that's the funny so it's part. almost pantomimic no. Mm. Okay. No. no. Okay. So uh, you see, classical ballet is totally different. It's not that. So why are we laughing if it's not pan pantomimic? <laughs> like, carry on. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. I get you. No, no, I'm trying to give you a good, uh, so it's, it's a good description. Yes. For instance, with 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 ballet, it's more in the in the steps, ah. the choreography, yes. the classical choreography. Mm. That w that's where the comic actually lies, ah. you know, and the acting. But um, yeah, so there's no singing, there's no words, you know. So this time around, so it's purely just the choreography that is com comical. Yeah. Before you leave, uh, Dr. Cindy says, please ask Kitty what she thinks of hip-hop ballet or hiplet, as uh, some call it. Would you do hiplet? It's, it's like ballet meets hip-hop pretty much. You know, I think it's amazing that people are finding very diverse ways to uh, to dance and yeah. be able to, I don't know, break the rules of classical ballet. Um, 
it's really great, but it's not for me. Mm. Yeah, it's not for me. Uh, I think maybe I'm very old school. Um, you know, for me, it's either classical or contemporary or neoclassical. Yes. But I think it's so awesome that people are finding ways to break the boundaries mm. of what is the norm. You know, so I, listen, being normal is boring. Sure. You know, so I think it's awesome. Uh, there's nothing normal about you. In fact, uh, I think uh, you were born to stand out from mm. an early age. Keep at it. Uh, we'll see you on uh, stage pretty soon and also on Radio 2000 Overnight with Kitty from 12 to 3 a.m. Saturdays and Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, Kitty Petra is about to leave the building.